I invite you to join me in On Fire with Linda Fields. It's a movement designed to calibrate, validate, and activate men and women like you who love God, putting your God-inspired passions and plans into action to carry out your callings in all seven spheres of influence. That's business and economy, government, education, family, arts, media, and church. On Fire with Linda Fills exists to help you complete your God-given assignments with a community of kingdom connections. Whether it's increasing your current sphere of influence or changing paths to walk into your purpose, if you want to set the world ablaze through Christ's power, join the movement at www.onfire.global. That I'm a builder. I'm a David. I have I have gotten that word. And what that means to me is, I'm not going to build the temple. I'm not Solomon, right? I know I'm a builder. I'm a gatherer. I'm going to build businesses. I'm going to push the limits just like David did. He's going to, he's going to build out the kingdom. He's going to gather all the things. He's going to push back all the enemies. And then my children are going to, or my grandchildren are going to do something with what I've created. That's so far beyond what I could even imagine. And I, that's what gets me excited because I don't know what that's going to be. I can't imagine it because it's going to be bigger, but I know that's what the Lord's spoken to me. If that makes sense. Do you have that in writing in your journals or somewhere displayed in your office? Or how do you keep that like in front of you in the day to day when you've got a jillion details that need to be settled and decisions to be made? How do you stay cognizant and focused on your vision? Yeah, that's a really good question. Okay, so um, yeah, now that we just moved in to our beautiful new home and I've got my specific office, maybe I need to have that on the wall. Um, but to, but to practically answer your question. Yeah. I I write down, um, the big picture, but then also the little things. And, and I would say both. Um, and I would write them down and even say them out loud. There's been periods of my time of my life where I have been very disciplined in write it down, say it out loud, write it down, say it out loud every day, sometimes morning and night. Um, and that's goes to maybe one of the questions later. So I'll bring it up now is what, you know, there was a book recommendation, but Think and Grow Rich is an incredible book for that purpose right there. It's not about necessarily, you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, manifesting or speaking into existence. Like we can take principles of success and we can make them human or we can give credit to who, who created them to begin with, which is obviously the Lord, the creator himself. And so we can talk about humanism. We can talk about success. We can talk about money. But at the end of the day, if I align with the Lord on who I am and then I freaking write it down, I say it out loud, you can say it's convincing my subconscious. You can say all this science stuff, which is fine. That's how it works. I call it dialogue with the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. Write it down, say it out loud, write it down, say it out loud. Because either way, whether it's me dialoguing with him or me, quote unquote, talking to my subconscious, I start to believe it, Right. You, you look at it, you, you say it, you look at it, you say it. you start to believe it, which then takes you to action. If I believe it, even a little bit, I'm going to take that first little step toward this vision that you're saying. And that first little action, what it, it makes me feel good because it's like I'm stepping towards what I'm supposed to do. And then maybe I take another step and then I get a little result. And I'm like, ooh, now I'm addicted to the result of like, ooh, like not only am I doing what I'm supposed to do, but now I'm getting the endorphins of like, ooh. Like winner, winner, chicken dinner. I got a sale or I, I helped a client or whatever. Like it makes me feel good. So what that does is it makes me take another step and another step. And I start to like jog a little bit. Now I'm running, you know? And so it's just so practical coming back to write it down, say it out loud, write it down, say it out loud. I mean, 
This is a principle that's been in success for many, many years. <laughs> yes, it is. And I love how you're applying it where it's taken you. Let me back up just a second. You talked about starting with a couple of dry cleaners. So did you buy those dry cleaners? No, I did not. Okay. So take us on the fast track through your entrepreneurship history and along yep. the way, maybe share with us a really great decision you made and okay. maybe one that wasn't so hot that you had to dig out of. Yeah. Um, I'll, I have, I've got, I've got those ready for you. So uh, 24 years old, I bought my first franchise, um, Edible Arrangements. Within four years, I had seven locations, three states, 50-ish employees. Um, I was 29 years old. And um, through my acquisitions and growth in the current businesses, I shook my wife's hand at 29 years old and said, you're shaking the hand of a millionaire before he's 30. <laughs> and not that that means anything, because like most people, if you're listening, if you yourself are a millionaire, then you realize that it really means nothing. It's just a piece of it's a, a couple of zeros on a piece of paper. And then you go back to work. That's all it is. I shook I shook her hand because I had set that as a target. So at 29 years old, also during that time, I had gone back to work, which just sounds kind of crazy. It, it, people don't understand this part of my story, but as built through building all my businesses, I wanted to start investing in real estate for the legacy piece. I have a huge uh, interest in all the different types of real estate. We've got different angles of our, of our businesses that are in real estate today. But back then it was like, I just need to start buying real estate, which means I needed more cash flow to be able to buy assets. Okay. So in my businesses, I was aggressive. I just said seven businesses, all doing, you know, three to 800,000 each. So we were doing like four and a half million dollars in sales. I'm in my twenties. I've got businesses all over the place and I'm using all of that money to fast forward and growth, 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 growth. And I start going back to work as a sales guy, making cold calls. Um, to be able to make money. I ended up being the top sales guy out of like two or 3000 sales reps out of the entire nation. And I'm making crazy money, but I'm, I know my, I know why I'm there. That's part of the reason why I did so well is because I knew exactly why I was there. I had purpose and it was putting money over here so I could buy real estate, putting money over here so I could buy real estate. Why real estate? Well, because I want legacy. I want my children to have something, my grandchildren to have something. Remember I'm the gatherer, I'm David, I'm the builder. Right. So I know all these different things I'm pushing and I'm gathering, I'm pushing and I'm gathering. Good decision was I take action. I do not wait. I take action. I already told you I, I was, I, I was looking at spending several hundred thousand dollars on a business and I had no idea what a PL was. Like I'm not waiting around. Like it's time to go. It's time to take action. I'm going to learn through the process of taking and making mistakes. So that's, that's the good decision is just make the decision fast, go. You're going to learn. It, it may not even be the right, the, the right choice. I've got a guy in my mastermind group, real quick story. Um, we've helped him over the last 90 days, basically get off the job site. Okay. And so he was doing like a lot of stuff and he needed to not be doing a lot of stuff so that he could grow the business on the business, not in the business. And so over the course of 90 days, he's hired a couple of, uh, you know, teams and he's like really in the office doing it had a conversation with him yesterday. He's like, dude, my two team leaders, one guy got, you know, he, he's going back to work with his father-in-law. The other guy, um, he's older and he wants to retire. And so it's like, I, the, the second that we started having some systems, it appears that it's all falling apart. I go, no, 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 It's just your first attempt. That's all. <laughs> like, it's going to happen. It's no big deal. You took the action. Now you know what you're looking for. Now you know who you're, who you can go bring in even faster this next time. So that's the good decision is just take action. The bad decision, Linda, I didn't listen to my wife. 
that's really a bad decision. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you, uh, I, I haven't not listened to her a bunch. It's not like a regular occurrence. We, we are on the same page on many, many things, but there was a franchise. Um, it was my seventh location. And um, she told me not to do it. She's like, don't do it. You're doing it for the wrong reasons. I was doing it to kind of protect an area rather than to grow. It was out of scarcity and fear more than out of like push. Let's go. Um, <clears throat> she's like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I ended up closing that business. And, you know, I mean, you're talking about a $350,000 investment. Um, you know, we, we quote unquote lost money for probably three or four years before we shut it down. I mean, that, that decision, that one thing probably cost me 500 grand. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a, a male entrepreneur out there, your, your wife has a, a connection with, with uh, the Holy Spirit that you don't. Um, that's just the reality. And so um, I would highly suggest listening to those inklings. Um, she's also the reason I didn't buy that uh, two location dry cleaners. I listened on that one, although I didn't want to, I did. And I'm thankful that, that I didn't. <laughs> well, there's wisdom and good counsel. You're exactly right. And I've heard you talk about that today in the family context as you are now. Yeah. And then also in having that inner circle of people where you do uh, bury your soul and talk about the, the, cares of your heart and the things that concern you in a, in a more intimate way. And yeah. we're made for that uh, type of communication and finding those right outlets is, is really important. That's right. I love how you are so um, in line, aligned with how God has made you as a builder. You've mm -hmm. got the stories to go with it as a teaching moment for our listeners uh, uh, to think about those desires that are in your heart that, you know, God's given you. And what I love that your story bears out, Chaz, among many things about you, is that it was a process. It was something that yeah. developed over time. Yeah, and I, exactly. I would say to our listeners, if you think you've missed it or you fear that you don't have a calling or a, a certain way God's wired you, look again. Yep. Because if you look back over the course of your life at some of those maybe Bible verses that seemed highlighted to you or yeah. maybe a dream that you would have had, uh, this dream I had about the weeping businessman has shaped what I do to coach upper level entrepreneurs and leaders in a variety of organizations, even today, because I know that the needs are great and the pain, on, quite honestly, runs deep. It does. And uh, through over the years, I had people say, they would could see me coaching. It's funny how we do this thing. I'm not trying to get off in this subject, but they, they see a woman coaching women. And, and I think that's a great thing to do. But actually, my bulk of my clients are young men who are uh, needing the voice. Uh, you know, is it a father voice, a mother voice? You know, it's a leader right. who sees them, sees that calling in them and can help flesh it out. So yeah. Yeah. the way you have owned that reality... And the fruit that is born in your life is evident. And so I want this to be a real uh, case study example for our listeners to take to heart yeah, and to so. go back and hone their calling and gifting and wiring and see what God has for them in this next season to take yeah. action. As you yeah. say, um, yeah. a wonderful way to be oriented. We learn so much, even when things don't go as planned. You know, what I'm remembering is I'm listening to you tell the story of your businesses Several years ago in Kansas City, I was in the hospital. I had had surgery and I got the most beautiful arrangement of strawberries uh, 
I think white chocolate covered. I mean, I'm one right now just thinking about it <laughs> and a beautiful card. And I'm sure that came through one of your businesses yep. uh, oh, did. with love from Mike and Diane Bickle. And I kept that card and I keep the memory of those strawberries. But I'm sure your business has impact on so many levels and we may not have time to unpack that today. But yes, it's taking you towards your goals of building legacy. Yes, it's it's providing income. Yes, it's providing jobs. Yep. And yes, it's providing chocolate covered strawberries for people. <laughs> Absolutely. The world. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent. So let me ask you this. Uh, these are our speed round questions where you're, we're asking you, now you've gotten to practice. So I know you'll really hit this, hit the bell. I wish I had a little bell to ring or a big gong. Uh-huh. Yeah. But if there was only one metric you could use, Chaz, uh, to track your business today with what you know and what the Lord's shown you, yeah. what would that be? Sales. 100% sales is the lifeblood of every business. If you have no sales, there is no business. Now, of course, that can be delineated down into profit. You got to make sure you're making money. Like we can we can split hairs all day long, but um, <clears throat> you need sales. So look at the numbers. Uh, expound on that a little bit. How do you teach your mentees to track sales? Do you have a certain methodology you use or do you let them and their accountant figure that out and just drive it to the fact they need to do it? Yeah, well, I think, I think um, the metric there is, are our sales happening, right? Not so much the tracking of the sales. Yes, tracking comes with it, of course. Um, and I think, I guess that's the question of like, what metric would you track? I see. Not so much how would you track it because you can okay. spreadsheet, of course, uh, accountant, like all of that works in together. There's softwares, there's CRMs, lots of different ways for different industries to quote unquote track the sales. But in the process of what is sales, well, you need new clients and you need reoccurring clients. Almost every single business out there has both. And you you don't, you may not know like where your sales are coming from or the client acquisition to get it, but um, and, and all that plays into profits. Like if it costs me a thousand dollars to to earn a thousand dollar client, that's not good unless it provides for a relationship or there's a different meaning. Maybe they maybe that's just a starter package and then they 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 can buy something later. I, I don't know what the business is in this example that we're just threw out here randomly, but the point is, is that, is there stuff happening on the front end? Are you, are you capturing sales? Got it. You've mentioned uh, Think and Grow Rich, I believe is one of your favorite books. Do you have another one you'd recommend to folks who are wanting to get to six or from six to seven figures? Yeah, I think so. Like if I'm, if I'm staying in the lane of like, you need sales. So you need to read, um, you need to read a book called hundred million dollar offers um, by Alex Hormozzi. And, and that, book helps you hone in on the offer, the piece, like what is your product, but more specifically the value that comes with it so that you know how to price it. And then you sell it and, and selling a $25,000 deck versus a $4,000 deck is different or selling a, um, a, a hundred thousand dollar pool versus a, uh, above ground, uh, $4,000 one from Walmart or whatever. I don't know. Like it, there is a difference. And so it doesn't mean that one's better than the other, but you got to know your offer. You got to know your value. So then therefore you can go sell it. Um, the second step there of the second book recommendation would just be any, any book. I mean, you can, you can, I'm not, there's just so many sales books out there. I'm not even going to say any, but just a sales book that can help you get around the mindset of how me take my product and the product may not be exactly what you're thinking of right now. Read that book, Alex Harmozy. Look at the, look at how you break down an offer. 
and then freaking go sell it, like fill the pipeline with as many people as you possibly can. <laughs> so what do you do to intentionally network? From what you said earlier, you're not necessarily looking for highly caffeinated people since you've told me you're not a coffee drinker. So what do you look for? How do you network? (laughs) Um, I'm not anti-caffeine. I'm just uh, the coffee, man. I just can't. It just can't do the taste. Um, But anyway, long story short, that what am I looking for? First off, yes. Do I network? Absolutely. That's what we're doing right now. Um, Networking with other business owners locally um, is, is partially part of it. Um, networking with other, like in this case, if I'm an edible arrangements owner, like I, like I have been then, you know, networking with other specified or trade specific owners, um, getting with other entrepreneurs in a mastermind like, uh, uh, way, of course I've joined mastermind groups. Now, obviously I host them. And so even just me as the host connecting with entrepreneurs that are at my level or above, are going to show me things. They're going to give me strategies that I haven't thought about yet. And so it pushes me to do something that maybe I haven't thought about yet because of who I don't know or what I don't know. And so those two things right there are exactly why you network is because you don't know who you don't know and you don't know what you don't know. Um, Like it doesn't get any more clear than that, you know, and you need more of both of those in order to be successful, I think. (laughs) Love it. Love it. I'm thinking about my own networking in the last year, having changed locations and meeting a jillion awesome people. I mean, it can really, it's very exciting, but it can be quite daunting as well because uh, relationships take intentionality and uh, just honing in like what kinds of relationships are needed in this time. And I, I'm really a, you and I have this in common where prayer people, you know, expect to hear from God or hear the leadership from the Holy Spirit. And so I literally do that before every meeting I go to is just ask God to highlight who I need to know. And I've just met some incredible people, but it, uh, it's not something that we should take lightly. So, yeah, I think that we, we, all of this, to kind of your point of kind of what you help um, professionals do is that if you can really hone in on the identity of who you are, how the Lord's designed you to be just naturally what your, your tendencies are good or bad, then what you've really developed is your tribe, your people, and not like that you own them, but the people that are like you, um, or or if they're slightly different than you, then, then that's what you're looking for because it's what you need in the opposite effect of helping you modify whoever you you are or help you to tug on those things that are helping that should that you need to do in order to get to where the Lord has you to go. So I guess what I'm saying is that when you're super clear on who you are, you also then become super clear on maybe who you need to be around um, be, for those reasons. Either I need to be around like-minded people. So for me, I want to be around high, high performers. I want to think of, I'm going to get around big thinkers. I want to get around guys and, and ladies that are doing big things that are willing to share what they've got going on. Even if I have to pay for it, fine. It doesn't really matter to me, but like, I want to be able to get in rooms where it's like, Ooh, I'm not the big dog in this room. Makes me a little, it's a little scared, a little nervous, but, but, but I want to, I want to be able to get to where they're at. But at the same time, I also want to surround myself with people who aren't like me. Uh, I'm a fast moving, you know, like figure it out later type of a person. You probably just even can hear by the way I talk, but it's like, I need to surround myself with people who, pay attention to the experience, who pay attention to the details. I'm a pretty detailed person, but moving fast is more important. So I'm always going to move fast first, but I need someone else to come, come with me and go, Hey, let me, let me, I like to organize, you know, 
Um, and so we have to know both who we want to be around that can help us. And then also who can be around us that literally like coincides with literally who we are, if that makes sense. It's intriguing to me to hear you describe why it's valuable to be in the room as a, a participant, as a leader. Uh, there's several different ways we can involve ourselves in those kinds of experiences. I'd like for you to speak to how you would encourage entrepreneurs on the growth path to invest in their development. Why is it worth paying several thousand dollars for an experience, a coach, whether it's a coaching experience one-on-one, whether it's coming together with a group, whether it's a a year-long commitment, you know, and looking at the different credentials people have to be a doctor, to be a lawyer, there's a certain amount of professional development that goes with that to stay current and know the requirements and learn the latest and greatest. And so- Right, right. With entrepreneurs, um, there are people- There's no school. (laughs) What? I said, there's no school. There's no degree on that. (laughs) We're the school, basically. So how should people think about going to school in in this realm? And how- Yeah, so that's such a full question. I'm going to try to give you um, everything that just flashed into my brain in the last 30 seconds as you were saying it. So number one, what you're saying is, in, in order to compare to another professional, if you consider yourself a quote unquote professional, and, and I talked about this in sales for many, many years, as we were training salespeople, it's like, you can't just step into a sales role and want to make six figures. That's what most people do though. Cause there's no, there's no degree on sales either. Right. But the professional, the professional salesperson, the professional coach, the professional uh, deck builder, the professional, whatever entrepreneur role that we're talking about here, you are not a professional. If you do not professionally go about doing what you're doing. And so part of that is learning how to do what you do. Part of that is growing you as an individual. Part of that is growing your team. So in order to grow yourself, you might need to hire a coach. You might need to read a book. You might need to go to a seminar in order to hire a team or uh, other people. You might need to take a leadership class or maybe, again, maybe get a coach on leadership or maybe go to a seminar around like building a team or hiring, or maybe you sign up for Culture Index, which is the, the software that I use to help me understand different personalities and how to piece people together and how to put them in the right seat on the bus. And, but if none of that makes sense to you, then you haven't read good to great. Like, which means you need to invest in yourself. So like all of that comes down to that. You need to be a professional. Otherwise no one else will take you as such right now on the flip side of that is what are the reasons why you do this or why I do this? Well, when you spend money, especially more than you think, right? I love sharing the cost of my mastermind. Right. Not because it's like, oh, gushy and I make a lot of money. Yeah, I make good money. Right. But I also have a team and we take care of those that are around us. Okay. But I love saying the high ticket price of my mastermind. And I have no shame in it because I know it has nothing to do with the amount. Is that when that person on the other end of the screen comes off of that amount of money, they're going to make it happen. That's right. Because of the amount, it made them a little nervous. They were like, I don't know, but I did it anyway. That's when you bet on yourself. And as an entrepreneur, who else are you betting on besides yourself? And so when, when, when I've paid somebody for a mastermind or when I've paid someone for a coach or when I've paid someone for a book or whatever, it wasn't what they were offering, although that's a piece of it. It was, what am I going to get out of it? And, And I'll tell you what, if that was expensive, 
I'm going to make sure I get something out of it. And even if it's just one thing, right. Um, and I've gotten the feedback from some of my other guys in the, in the group. They're like, I, I put out one question in our chat that had to do with a real estate deal that I did. I made my money back from the mastermind 10 times over from one question that I asked that had nothing to do with my actual business. Right. Simply because I was in a room with guys that also have other dealings in real estate that one question answered, boom, made me 10 times my return on the quote unquote mastermind fee. Right. right. That's right. Now, the other piece of it, the last piece, and I'll end your question is what, what is the actual like value of it? Like part of it's, what are you going to get out of it? Like, cause you got to make that happen. But the other part of it is like, what is the actual structure of what you're doing? Like, do you need what this is? Do, do I need a coach helping me with X, whatever it is that this coach helps me with <laughs> me personally, I don't need a sales coach. I, I know how to, I know how to teach sales. I, I'm not going to hire somebody to come in. Does that mean that I'm, I'm arrogant and I don't want someone to come in? No, it just means that I've, I've become a professional in that way. So I don't need that. But what I need is someone else to help me with a bigger picture or maybe some marketing stuff because I'm not as versed on the marketing side. But, but I got to be willing to invest for, for me, not because of the like new, shiny, flashy thing that they're offering. It, it is both, but mostly it's because what I want to get out of it. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> it makes great sense, Chaz. Beautifully spoken. So last question. Okay. This all sounds so exciting and I can just see you at these different stages of your journey and uh, where you are now. It's, it's just beautiful. It's life-giving to hear your story and see where you are and, and just celebrate with you right now. What would you do? What would you do tomorrow if you lost it all today? I'd do it again. And I put that in bold capital letters, do it all again. In fact, I had a friend before I bought my first franchise, I had a friend ask me, well, what if, what if it fails? What if people don't buy any more chocolate dipped strawberries like Linda or like uh -oh. and Mike Biggle? I literally said, well, um, I guess I'd probably go back to work as a salesperson. Um, I'd pay off the loan and I'd probably go do it again. And that's me. That's me at 24. Yeah. Going, I don't really know how to do this thing, but I'd probably do it again anyway. Now, knowing what I know now, oh, psh, turn the lights off on me today. Fine. Don't care. I'll <laughs> turn them back on tomorrow. And I know because I've invested in myself, I've invested in those that are around me. I, I, the knowledge, you can't take it from me. My relationships that are around me, you can't take those. I, tomorrow, I'd turn the light switch back on. No problem. <laughs> if people want to know more about you, Chaz, do you have a, a website to share with us that you would recommend they go to? Yeah, absolutely. Chazwolf.com, C-H-A-Z-W-O-L-F-E.com. You can check it, take a look there. I've got a little bit of a, my whole story there, but of course, if you're interested in gathering the Kings, uh, if you feel like you uh, can apply or that you um, qualify uh, for one of our mastermind groups, feel free to check it out there. And girls can come in too, right? Of course, gathering the Kings is a mindset, not a, not a masculinity thing. Beautiful. This has been so much fun. Bless you. I'm so excited for where you are in your life. I can't wait to see what happens next. Thanks for Thank spending you. time with us and sharing your story today, Chaz. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, Linda. Thank you. Bless you as well. Onfire.global is a movement made of men and women who understand that past plans won't work for the future. We're in a new time and a new place that requires us to fan the flames of vision to a whole new level, going all in with God like never before. So fire up your purpose, come find your people, 
and frame up your plans to set the world ablaze together with me at www.onfire.global.